This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Get up for Juan. Come on. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence. We were actually planning on doing Friends and Cities last year in 2020, and it got moved back to this year. So I believe it's just significant of the timing of these leaders coming in from around the country, as Juan mentioned, and and gathering together to see what Jesus is saying to the church. I think there's a a significant moment happening right now in, in, in the body of Christ across the board. And I want to say this just in follow-up to what Juan was sharing about with the burn on Friday and Saturday night. We had friends that we've been cultivating relationship for a while in the region that, that gave of their time and their effort to come and be a part of it on a worship aspect. We have worship leaders and other ministries here throughout the 24-hour time period. And it was incredible just to see the grace of God on different people's hearts and lives as they, they just came for one thing, for Jesus. That was the only agenda, was for Jesus to be worshipped, for Jesus to be glorified. And the presence of God showed up, and there was a moment last night, uh, I don't think I'll forget for the rest of my life, where, you know, in, I was telling the team back in the back before we came out that, you know, in intimacy, which is, which is actually, the Bible refers to it as the key of David, and to demystify that, it simply means an ability to unlock something where you can come into understanding that maybe you just couldn't have had before. Just in, in your natural ability to really grasp the things of God, there was something that was unlocked through a simple melody that was being sung back and forth between Mega, Megan and Shemiko, Shemiko, Ramika, and, and it was this phrase, bind us together in love. And you, had to, you would have to just be there last night just to, to grasp what was kind of going on in that, in that moment because it was, it was truly profound. It was, it was just amazing. And for me, something just burst forth in my heart that I actually want to just take a little time today. Um, you know, God knew that as I was even preparing what to talk about today, it had threads to that creative, beautiful, melodic moment that was the crescendo of our 24 hours last night, which was incredible. So, not to repeat things that I've said before, but, you know, we, we're going into 2020 and we're feeling in our hearts, which obviously overflow into our emotion, that God's going to do something significant in the year 2020 and that we would get clarity. We would, we would get understanding. We'd get clarity of vision, get clarity of the heart of the Lord. And I think we could all agree that 2020 on so many different levels, and you're going to have to help me this morning by, by just going there with the Lord, sitting with the Lord, like, like Spencer was saying, bringing 
before the Lord. Your life and what you've walked through, what you've seen, what you've experienced over the last 12 plus months. And in doing that, could we acknowledge that there was a moment in history, not only in our nation, but in the world that, that shook something and totally was there tons of darkness. And I'm going to, I'm going to, there's going to be a little mini, this is a little mini message on, on spiritual warfare. And you, you guys that know me and I've been pastoring here for 18 years, I don't, I don't get off into spooky land and this is not actually going to be even one of those messages, but we need to be mature and equipped to understand how to navigate this thing called life and, and even more importantly, life and God. But the darkness was, was attached to this moment. But here's what I want to just say and I want to elevate. Because this is what I believe to be true. Because I, I, I can say this and there's no hype in this statement. I don't know if I've ever been so excited about Jesus and the kingdom of God and what's happening in the earth than this moment right here. Than this moment right here. And so... In that, how do you make sense of a time in history that I believe is meant to be catalytic to move us forward and not tear us down or tear us apart? We have to have understanding. We have to have a key of intimacy that brings us into a space where something's unlocked and we can, we can comprehend what God is saying and what he's doing. When I was a little kid, I, maybe this is just where I grew up, but there was a, a phrase that said something like, like this. It said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. That is a flat-out lie. <laughs> it is such a lie. And we said it over and over again. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. No, words hurt. Words hurt deeply. Wendy and I were talking about just life and leadership and in ministry. And it's for any leader, really. It doesn't even have to be in the church. It's just leadership in general, people that don't even know God. It's like in some ways with some people, at some moments, you're completely loved. And in other ways with other people, in other moments, you're completely hated. Just the nature of the way things go. It's the culture of this world, really. How many of you know there's a culture, a culture of this world? And when I talk about this world, I'm talking about a world that's under a different kind of system that's not of God. We were talking, my wife and I had just a, the most beautiful moment today, just reflecting on some things from her childhood. And there were some things that she was saying, and I, and I looked at her as she was sharing some of these incredibly deep, profound, sensitive, yet beautiful moments from her just growing up in a home. And I said, isn't it interesting that like leadership or where people are at, it sets an atmosphere positively or negatively, right? Like, you know, as we're all growing, we're, 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 we're maturing. And as we mature, it, and let's just talk about it in Jesus, the, the atmosphere becomes more healthy and it becomes more life-giving, Right? 
And so I believe that God in this, here's what I want to submit to you, and then I'm going to jump into this, this message on, on how to navigate a moment like right now where there's, where there's a lot of opposition and, and people being set against each other, which is a completely different culture than the one that we're called to walk in. I believe that there's a key for this moment to actually move us forward as, uh, as the church like never before. Like never before. Like literally, like never before. If we could grasp what God is going to do, what he's up to, what, what is happening... I'm just texting everybody right now, like people that I'm, that I'm resonating with, that I'm feeling connection with, and I'm just, I'm just spurring them on as they're spurring me, and I'm like, I'm like, something's happening. Something's up right now. And it's bigger than church. It's bigger than Sunday after Sunday. It's, it's, I mean, in fact, it's going to look a lot different. Things are going to be mixed up. I mean, we had a prayer time for 24 hours. We may do that again. We may tell you about it. We may not. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, we may market things. We may not say a word. I don't even know what it's going to look like. We're going to be before God. We're going to seek after Jesus in this moment in human history. And we've got so many breaths in our lungs to give to this, to this one divine moment. Why not cost and just give it all, like Juan was saying? Religion looks at that and just has disdain. For people that are just pouring it all out. But, but man, Jesus, when Mary broke that alabaster box, right? He was like, oh, you guys don't even know what's happening here right now. This is a key moment. So Jesus, when he's maturing his disciples, let me, let me just, this, this popped out of me, and I, I never saw this like this before. Remember when the Lord was saying to his disciples, he's like, how long must I be with you? Do you remember that? And I kind of read that through like, come on, guys. I mean, you know, really what he was trying to say to them is there's something I want to give you that you're actually going to take hold of. And you won't need me in the way that you need me right now. Let me say it like this. We create an atmosphere at Harbor that is, is beautiful and dynamic, but so many people come and they just come under that and they enjoy it in the moment, but they never take hold of it themselves. At the end of the day, God wants us to take hold of him ourselves. So he's trying to teach them. Look at this in Luke chapter 6, verse 27. We're going to talk about how to navigate a moment like now by loving our enemies. He says, but if you will listen, I say to you, love your enemies and do something wonderful for them. In return for their hatred. Now you got to catch this. When we align with the kingdom of God and do something according to the culture of our Father, it releases atmosphere, it releases a change in the environment, it affects people in a way that we can't even fully understand or fully even realize right now. 
I mean, I keep asking God, like, Lord, I, I keep having these moments where I'm like, I can't wait till I get to be with you in heaven. And I look back and you show me exactly what was going on in that moment when I was obedient to you in this action that reflected your nature and your image. Because literally something's released that brings life and life abundantly and that is completely transformative. So this is one of those keys. This is one of those keys of revelation because we need to know this and understand this simple one little verse, Luke 6.27, to even come into a place where we know God. We're in a, a series right now, Knowing God. Can you imagine, like, that we get the privilege and the opportunity and, and the 100% total invitation to know the creator of the universe? Oh, come on! The one who always was and always will be. I mean, how can we even understand this? The one who put the stars in the sky and then not only put them there, but holds them there. We get to know him. And we get to know him by loving our enemies. You see, the New Testament gospel is summoning us into a supernatural lifestyle. Well, I'm strong. Well, I've got abilities. Well, I've got this and I've got that. Well, listen, none of that matters in this kingdom over here. It may come back around and then you'll rejoice as God's grace is breathed on all that he's put in you. Just like with Paul. He said, man, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, Pharisees of Pharisees, circumcised on the eighth day. He had all this knowledge, all of this wisdom. But it was nothing outside of the excellency of knowing Jesus. And the power of his resurrection. So he's trying to reprogram their minds because they had been conditioned by their culture. Come on, somebody. And that's why in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, he gets into this little dialogue and this discourse. And he, he says, well, you've heard that it was said. But I say to you. Oh, man, you've got to catch moments like this because he's rewiring their entire way of thinking. He's reconstructing their, 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 their mindset, which, by the way, is where strongholds come in. We think strongholds are these. No, strongholds are belief systems, fortified belief systems. Trust me, I've been to 33 different countries all around the world, and I see what culture does to people's belief systems, especially when the culture, culture is not of God. It builds up strongholds, belief systems that keep people locked into death. So he says, you've heard it said, love your friends, but hate your enemies. That was in the church, by the way, pre-New Testament reality. But we're being called to live a supernatural existence. You can't love your enemy outside of the grace of God. 
Before, don't commit adultery. Now he's like, don't even look at a woman with lust in your eyes. You can't do that outside of the strength of God, right? It's a supernatural existence. It's one that only Jesus can give us. So he says, but I tell you, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those that persecute you. Look at what he says. So that you, verse 45, may be sons of your father, sons and daughters of your father in heaven. So that you could know God. I looked up the word enemy. It's the one, it's one person opposing or resisting another person. Opposition. Resisting another human being. Slandering, criticizing, opposing an individual made in the image of God. What if I told you, I'm talking to Christians, if you're here, you don't know the Lord, then this, this will just, <laughs> but what if I told you, Christian, follower of Jesus, that you actually don't even have any human enemies? Ooh, that offense there, ooh, it's coming. What do you mean? No, for real, like, there may be things that are happening, have happened, will happen, but in this other kingdom, you actually don't have any human enemies. Look at what Paul says. This is straight from the apostle's mouth right here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. And by the way, this is not excusing people's choices. This is not excusing people's ignorance. That's why we need to go preach the gospel. That's why we need to bring the light of the glory of the good news to the entire world. That's why we need to literally be the light and shine forth in the midst of darkness. It's not excusing anything. But it's given us perspective that the battle that we have is not against people. Now in the world, that's just the way it is. Every movie, every story, every, you know, thing that we watch, everything that we see, read about here, it's, you know, this kingdom rising up against this kingdom, this person rising up against this person, this big leader opposing this other big leader. But that's never the way it was in, in, in the kingdom of God. This is what messed the children of Israel up. Jesus didn't come to fight. He's coming another day to take his preeminence and his rule on the earth. But when he came the first time, he came to destroy principalities. Well, Darren, I don't know what you're talking about. Principalities. Listen, he says it right here. For there are principalities and authorities operating in rebellion against the heavenly realms. What are you saying, Darren? This is craziness. Listen, though we can't see it, though we can't fully understand it, man, we can for sure feel it. You wake up, you're like, whoa, this is heavy. This is a dark moment. Anybody experienced anything like that in 2020? Anybody gone like that through anything like that in your life when you feel those swirly moments? Listen, your battle, though it may be directed at another human being, is, is a lot bigger than that, my friend. 
For they are powerful, he says, a class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark, not the church, this dark world in bondage. But you know what I saw? And it broke my heart, and man, it did something in me. I saw the culture of the world come right over into the church. And instead of realizing the battle that we have, we started to... Even against the thing called the church. Like, what is the church? What is it? Like, is it a corporation? Is it some building? Is it some pastor? Is it some logo? Well, the church is, you know, this person or that person or, or whatever, like... What if it was a moment that was going to take us from sipping on milk to starting to eat some pretty fine food at the table of our Father? And that there was going to be some people that, through intimacy, because brokenness, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just saying my story, my journey, when I get into broken spaces, man, I I don't have anywhere else to go. I just like, God, please, Jesus, help me. And in that place of intimacy, revelation's unlocked. And when revelation is unlocked, you start to see things a little clearer. Because not only are we called to live a supernatural life, the enemies of God will be subdued as we love others, as described in Matthew chapter 5. It's actually the key to it. Just wrapping this up. Remember, in Bible school, we used to sing this song out of Romans 16, 13, I believe. It says, be excellent in what is good, innocent of evil, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. I mean, Hebrews says it. When the high priest, chapter 10, verse 12, when he sat down and offered one supreme sacrifice for sin, all brokenness, all missing of the mark, all dysfunction, all chaos, all darkness, he sat down on his throne. Jesus, listen, we're all up in 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 Hebel right now because of what we've walked through. Jesus is seated in total and complete peace. And he's wanting to bring us under that peace so that until, verse 13, all his whispering enemies will be subdued and turned into a footstool. Why and how? Through us manifesting his culture on the earth. Should we be surprised? Okay, we all, the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming soon. By the way, when I, when I even use that term, I said this last night in our last prayer set. I'm not even per se talking about his literal return to the earth. I'm talking about, for me, it's like, you're coming soon. You're going to come and manifest the fullness of who you are. You're going to bring us into complete oneness and unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. That's Jesus coming, really. And then from there, then we draw it pulls the the bride, pulls the attention of the bridegroom to want to come up, come down, and actually be equally yoked with the one that he paid for. Oh, come on, everybody. Listen.
lesson that we're going somewhere. We're not going to a defeated, broken place where we're just holding on, white knuckling. Oh my gosh, are we going to get through 2020? Are we going to get through a financial crisis? Are we going to get through this or that or whatever the case may be? No. We're coming in to the manifestation of the beauty of his bride in the earth. Because these principalities, simply they're a spirit of antichrist. Antichrist means against Jesus. People who may come under the dominion of this antichrist system are being demonically influenced. Do you know, my, my mentor said one time, he said, Darren, let me teach you a little something. I said, what? And he said, demons feed off of one thing, pain. Where there's pain, there's demons. So mercy and hope and love must invade our hearts to have compassion, not be ignorant. Not be foolish, not put up unhealthy boundaries, not have any boundaries, but compassion, belief, faith, knowing that we have authority to bring change into the literal world that we live in. Every single person, every life for the glory of Jesus. Well, I'm upset, Darren. I'm upset with all, how all these people were act, are acting. <laughs> well, Romans 5.10 says that while we were still enemies with God, He reconciled us fully to Him. We forget where we were. Last verse I want to just show you, Ephesians 6. He talks about putting on the full armor of God so you're protected. As you confront the slanderer. That word right there. False charges, misrepresentation, defamatory statements of one's reputation. Jesus, you're the son of the devil. You're a wine-bibber. You're a friend of sinners. Can you imagine? Purity of God in the earth who knew no sin, slandered in that kind of a way. What other kind of accusations are reigning against our Father? That He's not good? That he doesn't care for so-and-so and for so-and-so and for this situation and for that situation. He's at fault. So we need to put on the belt of truth where everything is upheld by the literal word of God. Not a, a, a you know, a, de a deceptive, um, influenced word that's filtered through people's pain and brokenness. 
the armor of God, his righteousness, where we have integrity, we're sound, we're, we're complete, we're incorrupt. Listen, you, you have the armor. Listen, none of this like, well, i got to suit up right now because I'm going out into spiritual warfare. No, listen, you have all of this in the completed work of Christ in your life. You have the truth living on the inside of you. You're able to discern between what's right and wrong. You are incorruptible. You have integrity. You're complete. You're sound in Jesus. You have the shoes of peace. In other words, whenever you walk into whatever situation, you have the capacity to bring change into that chaos. All right? You're already equipped. The, sh- the, the shield of faith. Listen. You have the ability to break through everything that's coming against you. Break through just by standing there and holding that thing up, right? Helmet of salvation. You have a sound mind. You're not crazy. You're not imagining things. You have a sound mind in Jesus and the sword of the Spirit. It's the only weapon we carry. Notice how Jesus is that close dealt with this spirit trying to come into his disciples he's on the road and two of his disciples are talking about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and the other disciples over here because it's a positioning of for power gosh if there's anything we need to be freed from is that spirit in the church like i I don't need i I mean leadership 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 books leadership this leadership that man god i don't even think is calling leaders he's calling servants into the earth to come and wash people's feet because when he gets into this hole you want to you don't even know what you're asking to be in my right hand to be in my left hand you don't even understand any of this and man, this, this fight breaks out among the disciples. They're, 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 they're jealous. They're envious. They're insecure. He says to them in verse 43, chapter 10, he says, man, all these leaders, they lead, r- rule over people, but you're to, to, to serve by a different model, a different way, a different culture. Serving others. And he tells them in verse 44, he says, Prominence comes by having a heart of a bond slave to serve other people. As we just go back into to a song here, I, I want you to think about a moment. Remember when Jesus um, is with his disciples and they've been walking out in the world and they've got all this junk on their feet and he takes up this basin and this towel and begins to wash them and they resist him. There's no way, they say, a king can do this. And he tells them, he says, if you don't let me do this, you can't have any part with me. I mean, that's strong language. What he was saying is, Listen, this thing that we're a part of, we can't control out here, but what we can control is right here. What we're a part of, we're going to wash the dirt off of each other's feet. We're going to get all of the world, all the stuff that hurts and breaks and all that kind of thing, like off of our friends. And we're going to take a basin and a towel and we're just going to just create an environment for that. 
Going into this year, Wendy and I just sat with Jesus and honestly just re-upped to say we'll give our lives to serve your bride even if it costs us. Can we just sit just before the Lord, just if you could just close your eyes, I want to ask you a question. What has tried to hurt you? What's tried to disillusion you? What's tried to make you cynical? Maybe fearful, maybe cautious, overly cautious. What if the Lord wanted to walk in the room today and wash your feet? Would you let him? Could you do what Spencer said? Could you just relinquish and release like in all honesty and in all sincerity like the pain to him? Like he can take it. Could we take those feelings that have been so strong this past year, especially with some of our friends that have really walked through a tough time when there wasn't too many people standing for who they were and God was like, no, this has got to be corrected in the earth. The pain of that. Lord, there's something bigger at work here. We, we need you, Lord. We need the power of God. We need to sing songs to one another. Different races of different backgrounds, of different male and female, different experiences. And we need to sing those songs back and forth to each other. Bind us together with love. Bind us together with love. Bind us together with love. we sing you're worthy of it all just for a minute you're worthy of it all give your life you're worthy of it all for from you are all things and to you are all things you deserve the glory before the throne of God right now could we lay down our striving for position our longing to feel validated by what we do or what other people say about us could we lay down our pain of being overlooked or criticized or ridiculed or forgotten 
And could we just in a moment just feel the embrace of Jesus at a time in human history when God wants to take his bride out of what appears to be brokenness and make us beautiful. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. I want Andrew and Rochelle just to play. We're just going to close our time, but I want to invite you, you know, maybe if you felt any degree of intimacy here today with Jesus that just has opened up something to you, maybe there's a key that's unlocked something in your own heart that you just want to partner with and just say, God, I want to come into agreement with that. And in doing so, and in saying yes to what you're showing me, I believe there's going to be change, and I'm going to make an action step to see that actually transpire today. And you'll carry this out these doors today, and you won't need someone preaching a message to you necessarily or setting up a worship environment for you to feel and know that what you received was real. Those things are beautiful. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. But you'll be with the Lord in a place that maybe you weren't before. So just all over this room, I'm going to actually be here myself. Would, would you take just a minute before we leave today? And those of you that have to go, God bless you. But let's, let's just come before the Lord on, in bended knee, just in humility, and say, God, you're worthy of it all. Here's my life again through all the hardship, through all the brokenness, through all of it, Lord. And that, that will still come, Lord. We're here. And you're our friend, and you're for us. You're seated. You're empowering us to be victorious. Come and spend some time before the Lord. God bless you guys. Have an awesome Sunday. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.